Okay, so we left with a cliffhanger in our uh, cold open last week, of course. There was a question posed to me. Familiar. What was I, of the question? Course, declared I, I that, gave Andy homework. Is... Yes. <laughs> the, the question was, God is a metal. What kind of metal is God on the periodic table of the elements? Mm-hmm. And I, of course, uh, was reminded of this when I edited the podcast for last week. That's good. Uh, did not do any work on that until three seconds before we started recording when I pulled up a periodic table of the okay. elements so that I could look at some of the right. some of the elements some there. Of the contenders. Uh, and yeah, I you know, there's some contenders, you know, like I said, God's definitely a metal. There's no question about that. So we're staying away from the metalloids. We're staying away from the right side of the periodic table. You know, no we're gases. sticking strictly on the metals. Yep, absolutely. Uh, so, you know, I uh, thought about magnesium, thought about beryllium, thought about lithium, you know, lithium very clearly very important to, to, to uh, mental functions. Uh, I thought about sodium. We all love salt. Uh, potassium, of course, we all love bananas. Um, but I think uh, I got to go with rubidium as as the metal that is God. Wow. You know, it's a standard state is solid. Uh, it has uh, it was discovered in 1861. It has a density of 1.53 grams per cubic centimeter. I think there's just like it's got all the things you need for uh, for for what metal you would think God would be. OK, so that's rubidium. my conclusion. Did you put any thought into that uh, bottom of the periodic table, those extra lines they throw at the butt? The... Oh, uh, I did not know the no. like the ones that the, are like, like these are the actually Hawaii in between all these ones of the periodic right. Yeah. table. Right. I don't. Yeah, I'm not. I've. They always were mysterious in science class. Yeah, there was like Einsteinium. They, they have some of the funner names. They do. But like, it was always like in science classes. I was like, don't worry about those. Like, those are like not. Some of I them mean, are like more theoretical than real. Right. Like, it's like yeah, that. I, there's a lot of might be that appropriate. sort of thing. Right. <laughs> oh, commentary. I, I, I was going to say that before we got to just the the general sort of mysticism that surrounds them, but you know. You know, God could be Unun Quintium. I think that's one of them. Sure. They started I've been thinking anyway. a lot about God lately. Yeah? What it if, what? feels like it just keeps coming up. What if God Religion, was one of us? God at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's an important topic. People, you know, it really influences the way people live their lives. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Can I Kick It? This is a podcast about film festivals. My name is Jesse Catherine Weber, and I am joined by <laughs> theologian Andy Gerbuga. <laughs> Number one God skeptic, Colin Ashley. <laughs> also not true. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, not, uh, not, not the number one God skeptic. Podcast, I, <laughs> I didn't realize Bill Maher was here. <laughs> yeah, Ricky Gervais' territory I'm stepping on. <laughs> uh, but yeah, today we're bringing you an old standard with maybe a little bit of a new twist. Uh, two early can predictions. I've I've had it right. ready for two a little early bit. can predictions. <laughs> we'll just spell it differently this year. Colin, Colin, Colin was holding up the number two with his yes. fingers for yeah. our listeners. Yeah. That's the the difference he was making from T O O to T W O. Yeah, mine has course- been uh, actually publicly available for a little bit at this point. Um, 
and have gone through a few iterations even. Uh, but we've also got mm-hmm. a list from Cullen uh, that we'll get to. A very to. tiny list. <laughs> Well, you know, it's like a, a half list. You put it the work in. Like. Don't, don't yeah. sell yourself short. <laughs> uh, but before that, we do have a couple other uh, news items. Uh, Berlin, of course, starting uh, as we record in two days. As you're listening, it started yesterday. Uh, but going back to Sundance real quick, we did get uh, one more, though perhaps not a the last, acquisition. big acquisition, yes, in uh, Magazine Dreams, the uh, Jonathan Majors movie directed by Elijah Bynum. That Hot sound, topic of debate. Yeah, I mean, already starting to court some controversy. Uh, and I feel like this was a well-timed acquisition for the festival and that like i was starting to hear people be like there were not a lot of acquisitions this year like there were like three or four big ones and then it seemed like it kind of stopped and there's like you know this was still out there until this morning but also like cat person has not been bought eileen has not been bought there's like some stuff that, like, in theory should be, like, oh, yeah, you can right. just throw that into theaters right. and it'll make a little bit of money that's, like, it's not happening yet. I think there's, uh, I I can't even remember where I read this, but there, there's been a, th- a thought that part of it is that, like, the streamer will come in and offer a bunch of money and the director will be like, well, no, I don't want to go to a streamer, but then the amount of money that the streamer offers will inflate the sense of what the movie can go for and then other distributors have to wait until they've realized oh if we don't want to go to a streamer we are not going to get that much money uh so you know it's not necessarily something within the festival's controller that has anything to do with their programming but it is still looking like a slightly strange year. I don't think uh, this was reported by Deadline. I don't think there was a a figure attached. Uh, unclear if it is higher or lower uh, than the theater camp deal that they made earlier. There's also it sounds like it's maybe not like totally uh, a done deal yet. Like it. Um, there, they also has have. There's been no uh, information about what sort of release it will be getting. Unlike Theater Camp, where when that was announced, it was with and it will be getting a theatrical release. Although I know you said Andy that some of the uh, uh, reasons that uh, they were not putting stuff into theaters may no longer be the case. So anyway, that's, that's a little bit of Sundance. Yeah. I guess another thing, uh, I retweeted it yesterday, but we, uh, talked a bit about that, uh, new frontier section that I was very excited about. And, uh, in movie yesterday, there was a great interview that, uh, past guest Jordan Cronk did with all four of the filmmakers who, were involved in that section, very expansive, both about the films, uh, if you've seen them, but also about sort of the reconstitution of that program. And you know, it's a very, it's a great interview. Uh, they all have very interesting things to say. And the other thing that we have, uh, which is some uh, somewhat in uh, 
came out, I think, due to Berlin coming up because uh, they will start filming at Berlin uh, with Kristen Stewart, where because she will be there as the jury president, is the uh, new film from Kirsten Johnston uh, about Susan Sontag, uh, played by Stewart, uh, based on uh, Pulitzer Prize winning biography. Uh, obviously, we're, you know, everyone's excited to see, I think, anything that either of those artists are doing. Uh, the It's uh, what they're doing, you know, uh, Johnson has been primarily a documentarian, uh, first working mm-hmm. as a cinematographer and then did camera person, which is put together from a lot of uh, footage that she shot that I think was mostly cut from those movies and then did uh, Dick Johnson is Dead, which is uh was made with her father uh, and has more fiction elements and it sounds like this one is more toward you know obviously there is an actor playing a person but it sounds like there's going to still be some documentary elements there uh the stuff that they are shooting in berlin has to do with uh stewart's process of preparing for the film it sounds like uh, but the other thing is that uh, Johnson is co-writing the film with Lisa Crone. Oh. Is this? <laughs> yeah, do She's you a playwright. Write- yeah when yeah when jesse in the group dm was like i have something just for andy we all can guess it has to do with uh the world of theater i have never i don't believe i've ever seen elisa crone play outside of fun home mm-hmm. which she uh wrote the the book and lyrics for uh the musical with uh, janine tesori um which is a lovely musical and i hope uh, they said that uh, Jake Gyllenhaal was going to start a movie of it a, a while ago, and I don't. Right. I think it's, that's probably dead, but I hope it yeah. comes back to life at some point because I think that would be really good. Was that um, the one that Sam Gold was going to direct? Maybe because he directed it on stage. Uh huh. Um, so that would make sense. Yeah, I mean, um, but yeah, uh, I do right. Yeah, she's she's a cool uh, playwright. It was um. She, she uh well i think is her like most like famous play uh, uh which is um uh from a little while ago uh but that's awesome that she's um she's uh she's working on that movie yep uh another piece of news wow yeah uh audrey dewan's emmanuel has replaced that's lisa right. du with noemi merlant um from Porto Lady on Fire, uh, mm-hmm. Paris 13th District, uh, Tar recently. Even mm-hmm. more recently, um, Baby Ruby on the sure, now, yes. I think. <laughs> oh, good. Good for them getting out there. Um, Not making a splash, Baby Ruby, but you know. No. But yeah, um, <laughs> looking like it's. Uh, what's is it is it just like dune Emmanuel. overruns or something that like is holding to do oh i you know like... it doesn't say in this uh film no because it's not shooting till the fall. it uh i sure. um, the way that dewan framed it because i think she just like posted to instagram is just that like as she was writing the screenplay she was like oh actually this should be knowing me merlant uh sure whether that um, is the whole thing or if there was something with uh Seydoux becoming less available who knows 
Uh, yeah. I mean, I know, I also, I know I she know. is supposed to be doing the Cronenberg sometime this spring, though that is something that um, maybe could be more affected by Dune. And I know that uh, Diane Kruger was also recently cast in that, or at least mentioned being in it. I also, I didn't know until reading this article that Rebecca Zlatowski is co-writing it, which is very interesting. Yeah, who, uh, her movie that was at Venice, Other People's Children, is I think coming out from Music Box pretty soon. That also uh, was in that little section of fall movies that Sundance has. Uh, And I've heard good things and just haven't gotten to it yet. Uh, So maybe the... Uh, actual release will be an opportunity to do that. Uh, but yeah. Is that all? I think that's all we've got for the uh, non can stuff. So, do we want to start with uh, your list, yes. Cullen? For, I guess, yeah, a primer for any new listeners. Sure. Um, we sure. do this. Uh, when uh it's it's the it's late winter early spring and we realize we haven't come up with an idea for an episode that Mm -hmm. week yet we often slot in this uh jesse of course always looking ahead to the next can uh has uh gotten more elaborate over the years and maintaining records as far as like what is coming oh we don't have an episode i'll throw together a set of canned predictions this time it was oh we don't have an episode these have been in the can for several weeks uh yes let's get it going i do just now have a running spreadsheet that You know, there is a tab that is the can predictions tab like I uh, did last year where I was updating that in the lead up to the festival. But with also just like a huge list of movies that seem likely to have some sort of festival premiere this year or even not likely. Uh, There's already a tab for 2024. Uh, I'll start looking at. Venice, probably once that can lineup is announced. Um, mm-hmm. Also, a panoply of riches. Uh, that spreadsheet, I tweeted it out definitely from my account last month, uh, but I can tweet it again and maybe it'll be in the episode notes or it's around. Um, but from that, we'll be going through my early can predictions uh but first we've got some predictions from cullen a new challenger has entered the fold (laughs) yeah um i'm coming for the crown i'm sorry i didn't do anything Um, anything together to make both of you look like way smarter than me well you Uh, looked up the periodic table of elements that is true. Sure. I did look at the um, elements five seconds into the start of our record. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, these are very like I've not been maintaining a spreadsheet. Certainly, I'm just sort of like, from what I know, what could I assume mm-hmm. could be there? Um, and my list—I mean, it's not a full list. Just for the listener, it's uh, just a few predictions um that i'm sure based on me finding them in you know this cursory research that jesse also has at least uh, her sights on right um, likely and the first one that i thought of that is just very 
seems obvious to me at least is Asteroid City, mm-hmm. the new Wes Anderson movie. Uh, recently been rated R for brief graphic nudity, and apparently Focus is trying to appeal that. Yes. Um, Because it is about, it is a children's story, right? right? It's Not to the extent that Moonrise Kingdom was, but it's about like a high school. The seem to be teenagers, yeah. Yeah. Um, So maybe they're trying to make it so where, you know, if you're under 17, you can see it. Um, But I mean, uh, you know, it just seems... The, the, that, right, that's like locked in for a summer release, or spring release, yeah, June, yeah, that's late, the late spring, that's um, the big thing. Yeah, and it just it feels like an obvious. Did you have this one, Jesse? I did. Yeah, I can. Yeah. I, I'm a soft yes on that. I feel like <laughs> with uh, it's the same like with the English language and the French movies. Like something could always happen, but like given that date and the his last movie was at Cannes and he has another movie right. that might be ready this year. It seems it makes right. sense. Yeah. Um, and then I'll just, I'll do the other two, uh, English language films I have, sure. um, that are also just sort of like both of these people have been at Cannes and had films and comp, um, and so I have Jeff Nichols's The Bike Riders. He mm-hmm. was in the jury last year. Yeah. Um, he was in comp with Loving. Uh, I think Midnight Special was in Berlin competition. Um, I think so. Yeah. So I think he, but, it, you know, it's Austin Butler, Tom Hardy. Yeah. Um, Jody Comer. Jody Comer isn't, uh, why can't I think of his name from, he's in the new Guadagnino and West Side Story. Or am I wrong? Oh, is he not is, this one? Is Mike Feist in it? Maybe. I could be wrong. It's possible. Um, but Michael Shannon uh, also back. Yeah, Michael Shannon, yeah. Um But you know, it's the Jeff Nichols comeback. We've yeah. all been waiting for it. <laughs> it's been um, a minute, certainly, since uh, I mean since twenty sixteen. Yeah. Um with a few failed projects in between. Uh, he almost uh, did the the second, or the, excuse me, the third Quiet Place movie. Was it the third and, one, or uh, was it the spinoff that he was going to do? I forget. Oh, you know, great question. Okay, so it was an entry sure. in the Quiet Place universe, certainly. Yeah. And I go, of course, he did make his children's podcast. Right. Uh, uh, Hank the Cow Dog. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I'll start lining up on that one. Who yeah. plays Hank? Um, was it Sam Elliott? McConaughey. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's good. Hank the Cow Dog, classic kids book. Um, And then the other one in a similar, not similar place, career speaking, but just a similar like uh, guess is Priscilla, the Sofia Coppola film. Yeah. Um, These are all movies that are like, they're done shooting. Uh, they're gonna come out yeah. this year. It just makes sense that it's they could done shooting already. Wow, that's yeah. yeah she it's really she a shot while it. ago. I feel like it was. She like, may have finished before the like new year. Yeah, uh, but yeah, She's, it is uh, like th- those are both movies that I'm like. I think it makes sense, but there also are like <laughs> a lot of English language movies that make sense. Yes, so, yeah. so I do have those both in, but there's a lot of people who I'm like, oh, I can see. Uh, that person like swooping in 
yeah. Coppola so essentially like, has been like in and out and premiered movies in a number of different places. And I think it was the most recent person who I put in because I realized that I had Luca Guagnino both in the on category and the off category. And I was like, I feel like no makes more sense. Uh, so I had to put someone else in. Uh, sure. But yeah, um, I think both make then, a lot of sense. Uh, Another one I have is uh, do not expect too much of the end of the world. The new Radu Jude. Um, this is more of just like, I know it's a movie coming out sure. <laughs> rather than it makes sense to be at Cannes. But, you know, I mean, I don't know where did Barbarians premiere at TIFF or no? Um, I want to say that might have been Locarno, but it, it might have done the like um, TIFF and then in competition at um sure. san sebastian thing he certainly has yeah. had movies inside bars it can sure yeah and then uh you know most recently won the golden bear yep um for uh bad luck banger looney porn yep and uh it's just you know it's a similar thing like the movie's done Maybe it's coming out sooner rather than later, so yeah. maybe they'll drop it. He's uh, certainly in, in the list for me of, like, these are the people who would make a lot of sense as an alternative to the people that I have in. It just, like, sure. having not been in competition, it's... I There must... There, there, I don't know if there's anyone who is on this list that has never been in can competition for me. Uh, and so... It's just a little more of a stretch to put him on, but like he would make a lot of sense. He has not been in competition for, but I think a lot of his peers in the Romanian New Wave have been in competition at Cannes for the first time relatively recently. I guess it was seven years now that Christy Puyu was for the first time, who also has a new movie that I'm like, eh, it could be there, or could not. Uh, Cornelio Porumboyu was in for the first time in 2019. So in some ways, he is kind of like the next in line to be like, all right, let's give him a whirl. See if and like also it is not at all uncommon for someone to win the Golden Bear and then be like, OK, now we'll put you in competition. It can uh, Nadav Lapid recently. Comes to mind. Yeah. Um, uh, another one that's just like feels like a lock is On Barren Weeds, the Nuri Bill Jalon yep. movie. Um, and then, uh, uh, though I will say, I, I only have two near locks, and he is not one of them, only because sure. there were like rumors in 2019. I do, it, it um, uh, the what or maybe was it 2018 uh the the wild pear tree was a late addition to the competition lineup uh, and the rumor there was that Fremo was like cut out 20 minutes or I'm well, gonna sure. cemetery of splendor you uh, and this one's supposed to be four and this hours one's plus, supposed right? To be, right this one is like oh and it's his longest screenplay yet so <laughs> yeah. we'll see the the content of the film sounds like it might appeal to the uh the european sensibilities (laughs) yeah Yeah. uh so that i wouldn't necessarily 
in that particular context look at as a potential snag but i do think that like there is a world in which it's like and not this time but then again maybe that experience of what happened with wild pear tree is just like uh, actually we'll just figure it out from now on so i i would still imagine it's more likely than not yeah it's funny that fermo can be like I like a studio executive yeah. and just be like, lose 20 minutes. Yeah, you're out. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> they got a lot like, of movies to show. They it, can't right. have everyone. Right. I guess it's more like a question movies. of just logistics of like, I don't have the screen time to give this away <laughs> right. to you. Yeah. More than like, yeah. this is like a creative decision or like, we're going to make more money or whatever. But it is funny yeah. that like the logistics of it all play can play into it. <laughs> yeah. It's like when we plan the Can I Kick It Film Festival, and we're <laughs> like, right. we can't have, we have these hour blocks. We have to fill it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. There's so uh, much yeah, so much can affect a film festival lineup. It's it's crazy. Yeah. Uh one that we talked about, I believe, in our preview episode, um <laughs> Katrine Briette's last summer. Um big comeback. She hasn't made a movie mm-hmm. since 2013. Um I guess I don't know a ton about her history with Can. She's but, definitely uh, been in competition she's been there with Cam a few times. Know, times. Um, she's kind of just like been in competition everywhere you can be in competition. Yeah, I mean just yeah, with the the amount of the quantity. Um and then my last one is a bit of a stretch. <laughs> um because one of these movies I think there's like talks that it might not even be done at all. Um but the potential for the double Sandra Huller with uh, Jonathan Glazer's Zone of Interest and Anatomy of a Fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not write their name down. Uh, Triette. Justine uh, Triette, Triette maybe. yes. Yes, yeah. And uh, she had her last movie in comp, I saw. And mm-hmm. the double hooler. Too good to resist. So I... The French movies... But Zone of Interest. Right, so, right. The Jonathan Glazer. So the French movies yeah. are like, truly no one has any clue at this point. Uh, those sure. are like not set into place until like the night before the announcement. So yeah. I, my general assumption that I'm working off at this point until there's like whispers of like, oh, this one seems to be in good place is just like... The people who are not, it seems like they generally, like, the directors who are, like, cool do not make it mm-hmm. in. So I'm sure. skeptical of Brayot for that reason, though. Maybe, sure, sure, maybe sure. Fermo just loves it. Um, Trier, I do think, makes sense. And also, like, you know, this applies to both of them, but they have used a lot. There's... I think a mandate of at least four slots. It's been up to five, maybe six. And I think Fermo has used those a lot of those slots to be like, see, I'm programming women in competition. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. And then I will say the Glazer, I would be fairly surprised. He, I think yeah. two of his three movies have He's premiered in Venice competition. And yeah, yeah the other one is- was maybe Tiff. Uh, but yeah, I... I I would expect Venice, especially because it's not clear when it'll, you know, I also wouldn't be surprised if we get to the end of the year and it's like, oh, actually, we're waiting one more year. Yeah, I mean, I think Under the Skin famously had a really long post Mm -hmm. uh, 
process. So, but it was just I, I couldn't resist yeah. the double hooler of, of it all. You know. um, <laughs> but those are my predictions. All right, well, we've got just a solid amount of lock lineup. them in. They are locked yeah. in. <laughs> lock. We'll see. Sure. You know, I, I we'll see how many I get right. <laughs> well, I'll tell you. Uh, we can start. I've got. You know, a series of uh, categories based on likelihood um, in this spreadsheet. Though I guess the uh, there's also various highlights. I think both the English language and French language movies are like sort of in their own spheres of how things could work out. But I guess we can start mm-hmm. with, I'm only saying two movies that you can pretty much put down his locks uh and those are the new films from ken loach and nani moretti uh who have just been long time our guys long time <laughs> can mainstays no cracks in the armor despite uh i mean moretti it was really only the last film that people were like Okay, we have no longer yeah, have so any it was, it was interest like three, in this. Or something, right? Right? Yeah, 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 that one. I should put Trapiani on my. I bet it's good. <laughs> so it feels more, more likely that. that like he sort of has the juice to like come back with a like. Okay, people kind of like this one. Loach has just like been in this. Uh, I guess like the last two movies were better received than I think the previous two. Obviously, I Daniel Blake won the Palme d'Or, but he's just in this mm-hmm. zone of like he can just make a movie and it'll be in competition, and everyone will be like, "Oh yeah, that's that's all right." And the politics <laughs> makes sense. It's right. He's yeah. dealing with important themes. Yeah. 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 So yeah, those you know anything can happen, but it even. Even at this, even at this juncture, it would be a shock to uh, see either of them not make it in. And then, like, I do feel like this is generally a pretty like a lot could happen year. You know, obviously that's sure. always true at this point, but I think partially because there's so many like American or English language directors who have movies with like stars in them and who have been in competition it can either before or in many cases a number of times i think that kind of makes things even more uh, than usual at this point uh the three that i'm like the uh, i would imagine we'll see them are the jaylon which cullen mentioned uh, Lisandro Alonso, who isn't as much of a competition mainstay, I think Yaoya, his last movie, was his first in competition, but he has been kind of a mainstay at the festival, sort of working through different sections, and so I think with this new movie, which it sounds like is finally done, uh, Viggo Mortensen is in it again, uh, Chiara Mastroianni, I know also, uh, I, I feel like that is like a solid bet. And then the other person who is a competition mainstay, but has sort of been in and out of uh, that can line up a lot is Hirokazu Koreeda, who his movie does have a June release date in Japan, which does not entirely preclude um, a Venice birth, uh, because that would just, that they would still have the, international premiere if they wanted it but certainly points towards them thinking can is more likely but also this seems like a more commercial product uh product 
Jesus, uh, more commercial uh, film for him. Um, so I, I also wouldn't be surprised to see it out of competition. But, you know, we will probably see this at the festival, would be my guess. Some of uh, our, one of our favorite content creators. <laughs> yeah. Uh, going through, I'll maybe save the, can- the uh, French directors for last and then also go into who some of the other options are. Because uh, I borderline pit you know this i i feel have different levels of strong feelings towards uh how likely these people are but uh the non-people who would be my guesses at this point we just talked about wes anderson uh marco bellocchio has not been in competition in a little bit uh eh, it hasn't been that long it was the trader in 2019 but has had a couple projects since then i think a a mini series and a documentary um maybe both of which even played in were they both in the can premiere section maybe uh but he has another fiction uh feature film uh fictional which is of course uh he made the pope movie that spielberg was gonna make uh, so That's right. I'm thinking that makes sense. Um, Sofia Coppola, we also talked about, uh, Victor Ariche is someone who has not had a movie in a very long time. We last saw him mm-hmm. with, uh, a movie that no one can agree what it's even called in 19, I think it's called uh, a Dr- dream of light is I think one of the titles, um, which is a 1992 documentary about a guy painting a tree uh, that was in competition at Cannes. Uh, his movie before that also premiered in competition at Cannes, and then his debut, which is his only other movie, uh, did not premiere at Cannes, but did play in the Critics Week section way back in 1974. Uh, he's, of course, making his big comeback, so again, like maybe he has reached the point at which it's like, oh, he's venerable director. We'll put him yeah. out of competition. But given that his last movie was a documentary and they still put it in competition, seems seems like, you know, may, may as well just do it again. Uh, I'm now seeing there's one exception to I said that I had not guessed any directors who had not had a movie in competition it can before because I do have Miguel Gomez, uh, director of Taboo, which was in competition at Berlin, Arabian Nights, uh, which played directors Fortnite. I think that was like there was talk of maybe this could be in competition, and then it was just like we cannot give three slots to one guy. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then of course last year. Uh, no, two years ago, uh, The Segura Diaries, which he co-directed with Maureen Fazendero, who I think also has a solo feature debut, uh, in the works, uh, but he has his new movie, Selvaharia, uh, which it's, he is, like, of the people who it's, like, it seems like time, he is maybe sort of at the top of that list. I'm realizing there is a name that should be on here that is left off uh did not make this tab of the spreadsheet uh because i had a thought of oh aren't there a bunch of italian directors uh 
who are possibilities, so I will add a name to the list in this previous likely column, uh, getting me up to 22, which is not outside the realm of possibility. Uh, Alice Rohrwacher does have a new film as well. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's Josh O'Connor, I think, along with Isabella Rossellini. Uh, that shot last summer, uh, A24 has it? No, Neon. Neon makes more sense. Um, I think they put out, like, a a still from it, uh, last summer. Uh, so, and she, her last two movies have been in competition, uh, would also be surprised to see her not there. Uh, going back to, uh, the more like eh, this makes more sense column um jessica hausner made her debut in competition with little joe speaking of i bet it's good that movie must be good um with emily beecham and ben wishaw yeah yeah uh, emily beecham of she course won, actress, won right? best actress yep yeah um this what one is with, <laughs> yeah this one's with mia wazikowska so another english language film that was her english language debut um called club zero she's playing like a teacher who's kind of weird it sounds like uh is the premise we all know some of those yeah um so i don't know i mean little joe uh didn't make a huge impression but did win an award so, and i think her her previous films are like more strongly acclaimed than that so perhaps it's just a matter of like first english language feature kind of working some kinks out with that working in a new language uh I would love to, you know, got to take a look at Little Joe, but also excited to see this one. A movie that certainly came up in our uh, preview episode, uh, Todd Haynes' May December. He has similarly had a lot of movies in Cannes competition, also had a lot of movies not in Cannes competition, including the last two, um, Dark Waters... And then, I guess it's it's really only the last one uh, fiction feature because Dark Waters didn't play festivals and then uh, Velvet Underground was out of competition at Cannes. Uh, but the two before that, uh, Wonderstruck and Carol, both in competition and uh, has had, I think, at least one or two before that. And then also, I think Carol is sort of a proof of like, oh, even if... May December is going to be positioned as kind of an awardsy thing. He has uh has the sort of proof of concept of oh we can push that through to still make at least somewhat of an impression uh, in the same way that the Cohen brothers have uh, and another director who we'll get to in a little bit. Uh Aki Kurismaki is someone who I wouldn't have been surprised at all to see it uh Berlin. That was where his last movie premiered, uh Finnish director. Uh but there is talk that this new movie is maybe going to be his last movie, in which case it would make sense. Go out with a bang, do can competition, uh where Le Av, who which was his movie before that, and he had been several times before. Uh Going through a few big names, Yorgos Lanthimos, uh, another might have two movies this year. And I think especially with Poor Things might have been done 
by the end of last year and wasn't put out and also just like based on premise doesn't really sound like an awardsy thing that might just make more sense to put out sure. it can then wait until venice even though the favorite went over very well there uh jeff nichols we talked about has you know several of his movies have been in competition would make sense for him to be back uh alexander payne is someone who hasn't been in can competition it, it would be 10 years because nebraska was there uh speaking sure. of movies that made that uh leap from being in can competition to in that case very solidly in sort of awards consideration uh and he has his movie the holdovers which fully screened at toronto last year was bought is set to be released at the end of the year but perhaps but, that it you know that served him better than uh the venice premiere for downsizing anyway though that may have more to do with uh the movie downsizing even though i like that movie uh quite a bit um glad that hong chow is still acting uh after that interview she gave where she was like i almost stopped acting after the reviews of my downsizing performance um thoughts on that one yeah for sure yeah a lot of thoughts uh but you know sounds like she's worked through that and now it's like i do not care what people say about me the bounce back of everyone loving her on forever Mm. That was a I big mean, one it, for sure. The way she described it, it was more just like exciting directors keep kept calling me and being like, "I sure, want yeah, to work with you." People got it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, um, Aronofsky and Mark Millard, uh Kelly Reichert, which that's another piece of news that we forgot. Uh, showing up right. finally has a release date. Unclear what kind of release strategy it will leave. If that's true. Release, yeah. it like so I, su- said, I assume A24 is still on notice until we get more clarity on right. that. Front, so it, right? did, it just okay. said theaters on April 7th. That could sure. mean... That's a good uh, sign, it, I guess, that they're I, not you saying... You would think like, it could mean a platform release, which you know is never going to be my preference that that you know especially for the spring just seems like why are we still doing that uh you know i would say does not entirely preclude them being like actually it's gonna play in 10 theaters and be on vod uh so we'll see right. but april 7th uh a potentially a nice little birthday present for me uh But two more directors, or one more, and then the French directors. Uh, So, Adereme Sasako uh, has a movie called The Perfumed Hill that I feel like has been in this feature maybe several times before. I feel like even pre-pandemic, there was like, oh, he's working on a new movie, maybe it's done. And then I think... By the beginning of this year, I was just like, oh, maybe that just, like, fell apart and uh, we won't hear anything about it. But uh, it appeared on, I think, both the film stage and Ion Cinema's uh, most anticipated movies of the year list. So it and they both said, like, it sounds like he actually shot it now. I do think that, like, he shot some of it in China. Uh, so it sounds like it well, it may have just been a very long production period. That, I, that, you know, interrupted by COVID as well. Uh, but 
but and he is someone who has been in competition a number of times, most recently with Timbuktu back in 2014, which was uh, kind of like right before I started paying attention to this stuff, but was, I think, a pretty big like crossover art house hit. Um, Made the early so, list famously. <laughs> of course. Uh, so, you know, he's someone exciting to have back. And then as far as I'm as far as the four French directors who right now I'm like, this is what I would guess. I think the person who I feel most confident about is Robin Campillo, director of BPM. Uh, his new yeah. movie, which also has gone through a lot of title changes. I want to say it might be called Sky People now, uh, which would be funny given uh, Avatar The Way of Water. Uh, but um, yeah. that was like, uh, it sounded like it was pretty close to being done during Cannes last year. And then the uh, sales company was just like, no, we're not going to do it till next year, which suggests that they feel confident of just like, eh, we'll just get it into can competition, which I think makes sense because BPM seems like it was fairly close to winning the poll. I think Patrol Motobar has even been fairly clear at this point that uh, having been the right. jury president this year, that that is the movie that he was would his have choice preferred win. Yeah. Uh, I, I think he's talked about maybe a couple people uh, rushing up against it. I feel like uh, I've, I've heard that one of them may have been Will Smith. Um, but uh, so, it you know, that feels just, you know, it hasn't been that long since uh, French Rizzi won the Palm. Uh, you only have to go back to Titan, but I would imagine that that's always a thing of like, oh, we should put a a French movie in that if not is you know has a good shot at win the palm. Like we want French movies to win awards, and he just feels like a solid bet of like, oh, you put one of his movies in, it'll probably win something. Yeah, uh, and then I would say the other one who I'm like, it feels like there's maybe just some momentum behind her is Justine Trier. Um, Sybil was her first movie in competition, but uh, she's got Sandra Huller now in a larger role. Uh, that that also feels like, um, you know, that's a movie that like, and and it sounds like a kind of like Hitchcocky thriller movie, which is uh, a different mode for her. I could see that being like a bigger like hit that crosses over at other festivals the other two that i had just kind of come out of my instinct of like who has just had movies in competition at can that no one really liked but seemed like it went over fine and um, that's Catherine corsini and valerie donzelli who both have new movies uh corsini was in competition i think for the first time in 2019 no it was in 2021 uh, with The Divide. Uh, Donzelli has been in several times. But as far as other, like, big French options, um, Laj Lee is another person who, like, you can see in right. the, like, oh, he could, like, win sure. a big award. He had Les Miserables in 2019. I think the thing there is that I know Ion Cinema was saying that it may just not be done in time. Uh, but if it is, I would imagine that they would be happy to have it. 
Uh, he also co-wrote Athena last year, which was in Venice competition. Um, another one that's more just like, we just gotta hope it's not, is the new My When film uh, right. starring Johnny Depp. I have heard that her last movie, uh, which is called DNA, was on that. It was on that, like, these are the movies that would have played uh, competition in 2020. And I've heard people say, like, oh, if that had actually been in Cannes competition and international journalists had seen it, it would have been, like, a disaster, even beyond her previous films, who, which no one really likes. Um, so wow. we'll see what, ha- you know, she has been in competition several times. We will see what Storms happens with this There story. might be, might be, might be something happening. Wow. That's exciting. I mean, it certainly seems like this could be, you know, they might not be able to resist the press that would be drawn by putting this movie in competition. Uh, some of the How sort would the of stands react. What would they try to do? <laughs> Um, some of the bigger, uh, sort of, uh, more, like, exciting names as far as French directors go, you know, at least that I like or that sort of, I think, would get more art house people more excited. Brigat, who we mentioned, uh, Bertrand Benella's film also seems to be pretty close to done. Uh, I think the thing in the pro column for that is that Léa Seydoux has had movies in competition for the last several years and this is the only movie that would be an option for this year uh you know very excited for that as we've talked about uh bruno dumont also has kind of been very in and out of competition uh and as we've talked about like he has this new movie that's like this weird sci-fi thing that was initially announced as having a really big cast and then uh yeah it started shooting and it was like still people who you've heard of but not as big deals um but you know he and there's the uh, the other thing is that uh what supposedly happened with france is that that movie was like just going to be in venice competition done deal and then as these french movies shift around it uh, Mo at the last second was like actually we want this in can competition so perhaps that ties him and dumont together a little bit more uh as far as some more English language possibilities, I mentioned that the Guadagnino movie is coming out in August, and so right. if it's going to have that kind of birth, it has to be it can, but, you know, it could be like a Locarno Grand Piazza or something like that. Um, uh, other people who have been in competition, we've got Maybe Malik's done. It's always a possibility. Uh, the Ethan Cohen movie. Also, we we don't really, you know, harder to say because it's his solo debut. But uh, obviously, the Cohen brothers have been in competition a number of times, and they did sort of plant their flag in his solo career last year. Uh, Michelle Franco has a new movie uh, with Jessica. Chastain, I believe. Uh, you know, another kind of uh, no one really likes him, but 
he keeps popping up, though more recently it's been at Venice, so maybe that's what happens again. Um, there have been these sort of constant rumblings of Martin Scorsese being at Cannes, which, like, it makes mm-hmm. enough sense to me of, like, sure, give that movie the, like, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood rollout put it out in summer like he did say something like oh yeah i think people will be seeing that soon it's pretty close to done but i still think like he has not been in competition at any festival in forever i would be sure i so like i buy the it will premiere it can rumor i don't buy it being in competition more of a blockbuster type premiere though than uh sure (laughs) competition um yeah i got right we don't need we don't there's no apple has not said like what even what quarter it's coming out in for no, sure right? i mean they like, don't yeah. say anything i feel like um right and then the uh another english language debut but has had movies in competition now two years in a row i said last year tough to make it twice in a row now he's trying to make it a third uh with his english language debut uh kirill serebrenikov uh with his movie limanov starring Ben Wishaw. And then as far as like if someone like uh pops in is like, oh, this is an English language movie uh director who hasn't been in competition for, I could kind of see, given the way that A24 is sort of positioned it of like, this is the movie that we're like doing a little bit of publicity for before there's an announcement of when it might be coming out or premiering, is Sean Durkin's The Iron Claw. Uh, then, you know, um, uh, Martha Marcy May Marlene premiered at Sundance, but then was, was in uncertain regard. It's possible that something similar might have happened with The Nest had there been a can this year. So there is some relationship with the festival. It's, you know, not, it, it is not necessarily like starry in the can way, but does have Mm -hmm. some character actors who you get out. Um, So, yeah. And then there's other, like, uh, maybe one of the Godard movies will get finished, but at this, you know, uh, a posthumous movie in competition would surprise me. Um, I've heard, like, maybe Hosha Shen's working on something, but that seems probably farther off. Jia Zhangke, I've heard more firmly, like, he has made a movie, but, you know, if that is a fiction film, then it probably will be in competition. If it's a documentary, it would be a surprise. I think his last documentary... Was that in competition at Berlin? I know it premiered at Berlin. I don't remember if they. I don't think they put it in competition even. Um, yeah. As and I, there's. I I guess we started with two near locks. I can give you two one hundred percent no's. Uh, not even a near lock for no. Uh, David Fincher's The Killer. Pablo Larraín's El Conde, both Netflix films, yeah. will not Netflix. be in competition. I guess barring they figure out the Netflix right. thing. Seems very yeah. unlikely. Yeah, there. Are, I don't think there hasn't even been rumblings of like they're trying to work on that, which there has they, been, I think, previously, right? There like, was with Blonde last year. Yeah. There's they were like, trying to like, see what they could do. And I feel like there was like, I feel like I've heard rumblings of like, 
Netflix is like making some inroads in the French film industry more generally. Yeah. Like I think there is an equivalent of the Paris theater, but it's maybe a little more of like an institutional thing that they have become sure. involved with recently. So they're trying to change the know, laws or whatever. Yeah, it, it, I think it probably w- something will happen at some point. I don't have any reason to believe right. that it'll be this year. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think if anyone knows what they're doing from a business perspective, it's Netflix, especially now. Certainly. Mm-hmm. And with that, they know how to allocate their resources. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Would we like to move on to special presentations? Yeah. We'll see you can, y'all. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not us. We're all going this year. <laughs> nope. Uh, <laughs> nope. <laughs> all right. Um, Not unless the, the coffee donators really step it up in the next yeah, couple of months. Really step it up. <laughs> and soon. Um, God. But you yeah. see the acquisition? That's the other option. I don't think that would solve our problems, but you know. No, <laughs> no we, we could, would have to be uh, acquired by a company who wants to send us to Cannes, not just right. for the podcast, probably. Uh, right. But anyway, uh, I can start on special presentations. I guess I have a Please. few things that I could talk about. Uh, but I'll just talk about the one that. Uh, uh, Charlie Kaufman has a new short film, uh, Jackals and Fireflies. It is uh, an adaptation of a poem by Eva H.D., uh, who one of her poems was also included in the text of I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Uh, it sounds like they met at like a writer's retreat while he was finishing up Antkind. Uh, and it is... It mostly consists of her reading the poem and just like super direct adaptation of it uh with you know it 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 doesn't really go beyond that there is some like eventually some like stranger imagery but it is just like an interesting experiment of like what would it look like to do that and i think the answer is like yeah for 20 minutes that's a perfectly reasonable thing to do uh colin i think it's your turn yeah, I've got um, I'll, um my special presentation is uh, Gustav Mahler's Third Symphony, which I watched a performance of recently by let me make sure I'm getting the right name right uh, Claudio Abado or Abado maybe I'm not sure. Um, or conducted by uh, Abado, and then um, it is just so good. It's like a cosmic masterpiece. Um, it's the longest symphony, or one of, at least, if not the longest symphony, and um, it's definitely his longest, and uh, there's, like, uh, a huge orchestra where everyone gets... Um, to sort of show off a little bit every section. And there's a, a great moment where a choir comes in. There's, a, you know, a, a, a standalone singer at one point. There's a, a children's choir as well. Um, and I recommend listening to it and reading along if you can find a sort of, 
guide, not to the narrative, but just sort of to, you know, uh, Mahler at the time provided notes along, uh, program notes along with um, the performances that detail sort of what each section is about. Um, and it is just tremendous. I can't stop listening to it. And that's my special presentation, Andy. Um, yeah, I, you know, I have a few things that I was thinking about for this week, but I think I will go with, um, Shrinking on Apple TV Plus, the new, uh, Bill Lawrence, uh, show. I am not a Ted Lasso person, which is may come as a shock to some of our listeners that I don't watch. And to me, a, even. Right. To, to some of my co-hosts. I've never watched. Well, I've, that's not true. I've seen like, I've probably seen a, a full episode, not like a single full episode, but like my parents watch it. And I've been in the room sometimes when they have like watched sections of Ted Lasso, sure. which seems like a pleasant enough show. And like, I'll maybe get around to it someday. I like Hannah Waddingham. Um, but um uh, Shrinking uh, is from uh, Bill Lawrence and Brett Goldstein, as well as Jason Siegel. Uh, I know a uh, Jesse fave. Um, and um, it's, you know, the other big co-star is, of course, Harrison Ford in uh, a TV role in a, his second TV role. Beat to the punch by mere weeks uh, for in uh, 19... 19- Oh, sure. So twenty nine or whatever the Yellowstone yeah. spinoff is called, which I thought was going to be a limited series, but apparently they're doing a second season of that also. So uh, he's in the, the 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 series business right now. Harrison Ford is. He's having a big year for sure. Um, he's really good in it. Uh, Jessica Williams is in it. She's really funny. I really like have liked her since she was on The Daily Show. I thought she popped instantly on that show, and I've been a big fan ever since. Um, Michael Yuri was on this show, which I didn't realize. It's got it's, you know, it's the classic like Bill Lawrence, like, oh, this is just gonna turn into a hangout sitcom where all the characters are just gonna hang out together all the time, sort of thing. Even though it has like a higher premise of like the, the therapist who's depressed or whatever. Like the, you know. A high concept. They sort of get rid of or they sort of um stop making it plot focused and making it more hangout focused as you go. There's that undercurrent of like sadness that I think, you know does does serve Jason Siegel and and um well um yeah I've I haven't caught totally caught up I think I've seen three of the four that are out as we record with the fifth one will be out as with this episode is released uh but I think it's totally solid it's you know 30 minute episode 30 well 30 minute plus some of them but around 30 minute episodes um they go down pretty easily uh of course it is very funny that uh, the it, it the the opening credits are uh i think it's with krista miller and harrison ford and i think that's maybe the biggest disp- like discrepancy between star power uh in a with sure. and an and i've seen in quite some time just cuz like i like krista miller fine but she's like bill lawrence's wife and like that's why she's on this show like she's all right but like she's certainly no harrison ford the biggest movie star of all time so i think it is funny no. that that is the the with and the and on on the opening credits of shrinking what an exciting um, couple Ford of special beats? presentations. Yeah. You think Ford beats Tom Cruise? Uh I mean, you know, he's in the conversation, certainly. It's not sure. like a slam dunk. Uh I guess it's right, it depends. Tom Cruise hasn't done TV yet, so I guess he's still winning. So Yeah. Um 
But that's, that's a good point. <laughs> um, but you know, he'll he'll get, he's he's younger, so we'll see where 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 Cruz ends up. Um, but yeah, I like it a lot. I think it's uh, it's a fun like eat it like watch it while you like eat your breakfast sort of show. Like it's a nice like sort of just like you know throw us up throw it on enjoy it for half an hour. Uh, there's some laughs. There's some there's some feelings. It's a it's a nice one. I think so. Check it out. Shrinking on Apple TV Plus. Um, now, Jesse, now you can say you're you're well, fine. That make will make people think you've been here the whole time. No, I was just <laughs> saying it's an exciting couple yeah. of special presentations. I heard both of them. Uh, shrinking, mm-hmm. certainly, I'll get to. I'm excited to hear that my friend Andy likes it. Uh, <laughs> and the Molly Food Symphony. That sounds very cool. Um. Yeah, and if you want to follow uh, the podcast on Twitter, you can do so at Can I Kick It? I almost said my name. You can do. Uh, you can follow us on Letterboxd or Instagram at CIKI Pod. Uh, you can follow us. Oh, you can email us questions, comments, anything. Can I Kick It Pod yeah. at gmail.com. Valentine's inquiries. It's what is it? Belated Valentine's Day e card or mm-hmm. kid jab? Yeah. Oh my sure god. CCADTGerm <laughs> at gmail.com. I would fucking love to get a jib jab from a listener. Um, Are you kidding me? <laughs> and uh, you can donate money to us in the uh, aforementioned coffee. Uh, if you want to send us to can and you have a whole uh, a lot of money burning a hole in your yeah. pocket you can do like this three thousand dollars maybe double that uh, sure. um, <laughs> certainly if, but, you, if i get my share of three thousand i think i can figure it out um but you would do that at ko-fi.com slash can i our theme song's by Tree Related, who's on Spotify and SoundCloud. Tree Related. You can follow me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Clatchley. You can follow Andy on at Twitter and Letterboxd at A N D Y T G E R M. And you can also follow Jesse at J C P G L I C K W E B B E R. And with that, I will release our audience. Bye. Bye. Bye.